Welcome to the definitive guide to everything you need to know to be a successful media buyer with Facebook ads and more. From somebody that has managed agencies, run agencies, accidentally started agencies, built brands on in-house, been a vendor, spent well over hundreds of millions of dollars. And honestly, my students and clients have done billions in revenue. And I'm here to make sure that you understand the three most important things that you need to get good at in order to be truly elite when it comes to Facebook ads and how to get started on your path to changing your entire life because this is one of the easiest and most fun ways to provide a lot of value and get a really, really great paycheck. Let's go! First off, I just want to say thank you. I know you could be literally anywhere on the internet right now and you've chosen to be here and I really appreciate it. And I want to let you know that this time is not going to be one that you look back on like, where did it go? So we're going to dive into the three biggest things that you need to understand right now. And if you value this stuff and you really enjoy it, it would mean the world to me if you could share this with one other person. My history in this space, to get you a bit of background, is I've been a media buyer for nearly a decade. I have personally managed hundreds of millions of dollars in ad spend. I'm not saying I've had a team that managed a certain amount of money and then taken credit for it. No, I've literally hit that many zeros. I've had millions and millions of dollars of mistakes, and I've had the pleasure of being the upside of billions of revenue for my students and clients, not for me. I'm not a billionaire. But the point is, I've been there and I've done that. When I got started in Facebook, there was no attribution. We didn't have a pixel. There were no conversion campaigns and CPMs were a couple of dollars. I remember when interest groups were made. I was there at the beginning of the lead gen ad unit and DPA and CBO and advanced matching and dynamic creative. And I'm here to show you the things that I've taught media buyers who are just starting out, whether I was a supervisor at an agency, the owner of an agency, head of the growth and operations at big seven, eight, nine figure businesses and other places, as well as my students and clients from around the world that have been in my Facebook groups, YouTube, and um, through my Facebook ads MBA program and disruptor school. And I felt like a lot of the time I talk about extraordinarily high level concepts, but I wanted to break this down to something that'd be way more actionable for those that are afraid and might get really bad advice from other folks that honestly don't know what they're talking about. So let's get started. By the way, if you want tips like this every week, go to newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com and sign up for the free newsletter every week. Let's get started. The most important thing as a media buyer, and there's a lot of differing opinions, but I'm going to go ahead and stake my claim is what is the most important thing? Honestly, know your job. And what I mean by that is, it is extraordinarily common where what is best for the client is not what's being asked for you. I can think of a very specific example, for instance, where our client was CBS television and I had a seven figure daily budget. I did a really good job. Now our objective was to reach about 75, 80% of Americans, roughly two and a half times over a three day period to promote the launch of the late, late, of the late show with Stephen Colbert, Code Black, Supergirl, a lot of other shows during that launch. 
Shit's Creek. Anyway, here's the problem. We were given a seven-figure daily budget. Let's say it was a million dollars. Now, I went out of my way to figure out how can I do that job, 75 to 80% of Americans, roughly two and a half times on a, over that period. And what I ended up doing was actually wildly over-delivering. Now, at the time, what we did was use a reach and frequency campaign. It takes you about half an hour. You set the thing up. You get it going. You load up the creative. You make the buy. Done. 20% commission. That's a $200,000 payday for the ad agency. Now, mind you, at the time, I was making about 75K. So, not nearly. Like, we're getting an idea of the impact here, right? So, I made this mistake about four times that week. Instead of setting up the reach and frequency to get a two and a half X on 75, 80% of people, I did a manual bid and accelerated delivery and some other tricks. I actually got to about an 85% share of voice at a frequency of three and a half to four. Well, here's the problem. Facebook literally stopped spending. I had reached too high of a frequency against my entire audience. Now, I did that in about 800 grand, not the 1 million. So me as a media buyer, I actually over-delivered and saved the client money. However, what I did was not my job. My job was to make the person that hired me look good to their boss. And that's your job as a media buyer 100% of the time. Because ultimately, there were two really big negative impacts that occurred immediately from this. The first was the ad agency lost a large amount of money on commission. Over the course of the week, I literally cost them over half of my annual paycheck in commission. That's a problem. And then CBS, the television organization, the guys and women that hired us to do the work back, this is when I was a director at Omnicom, a supervisor at, at, sorry, at, at Resolution Media, the performance division of Omnicom, when I was directing the CBS account. The person that hired us went to their boss and asked for a million dollars. We did the job for less than that. Ultimately, that made them look bad to their boss and made it way more difficult for us to get more money moving forward. Now, in retrospect, I worked about three and a half, four hours per account to really hack the hell out of this thing and do the absolute best job for the client. Which means I worked about 10 to 12 times harder than I should have to ultimately hurt the relationship by over-delivering and doing effectively a good job. Now that's one example. But the point here is understand what your role is. A lot of times people hire ad agencies or they hire media buyers because they want good results. Now, as a very sophisticated media buyer, I can understand 
that maybe the best thing isn't to get a good ROAS because cash flow at a higher volume is a much greater need for the business. But if the person that hired you needs to look good to their boss and they promised a certain outcome because they might not necessarily understand what it is that you do, when you do a really good job, but it doesn't deliver, on what you are hired for that is a tremendous detriment so the point here is while we talk a lot about don't use retargeting and don't worry about roas and interest groups are trash and all of these other things at a very macro level none of those things are arguable they are objective facts for the success of business however there are a lot of people whose entire success has always come as a media buyer at an ad agency or for clients. Now, these people have never seen the other side of that conversation, or maybe they have, but they've always been hired to deliver ROAS or whatever it happened to be. So while we might intellectually know those are objectively terrible things to care about and are absolute liabilities to the business growth, where we sit in the business doesn't allow us to have the impact to make those better macroeconomic business decisions. So we have to work really hard at making sure that our boss looks good to the person that they work for. Your job in any team is one, to lift those around you. And that's what I always teach. One of the reasons that, you know, yet another reason that interest groups are trash and why broad is excellent is because when you drive a greater number of higher quality individuals that all look and feel the same, it makes landing page testing easier. It makes the emails teams work much easier. It makes LTV testing and bundles and upsells and AOV testing and everything else much easier because it's a way more simple ecosystem. However, if the dotted line where that contract was signed above it says specific spend, specific ROAS from this platform, first off, I'm sorry that you have to work really hard to do ultimately a bad job for the client, but more importantly, it is not your place in that conversation to ultimately determine what those needs are. And when you see advice from ad agencies and from elite media buyers that don't actually run their own brands, haven't actually taken brands to market and don't actually do things beyond the platform, 90% of their advice is how to make that role look as attractive as possible to the person that's hiring them. And there's a reason why there's a lot of churn in clients when it comes to ad agencies. And there's a reason why some clients have to go to ad agency after ad agency after ad agency. And it very rarely has to do with the work ethic of the media buyer. It almost always has to do with the lack of alignment between the person that hired you and the person that hired them and what those goals are. So ultimately, the number one most important thing is to 
one, read the tea leaves and try to figure out what's going on. But more importantly, prioritize the very specific task at hand. Now, me personally, I was fired from a lot of jobs. I never worked at an agency for more than nine months. I never worked at more at an in-house at a brand for over for more than two years. And during that time, I was accidentally starting random agencies and working for myself all the time. And we'll get to that in a minute. But one of the values that I gained from that was repeated exposure to many different strategies, repeated exposure to many different types of problem solving, and repeated exposure to many different sides of that equation. Which is why when you see me say specific things that might be considered controversial or maybe they could be considered uh, you know, counterintuitive or just contrarian. Often it's because my experience shows me that the need of the media buyer very rarely is 100% aligned with the need of the brand. My focus is on building businesses and success to create jobs, stability, and confidence. The goal of a lot of media buyers working at agencies and a lot of agency owners is to look smart so that more people can hire them. But again, their objective with that client very rarely meets the business needs on a macroeconomic level. But as a media buyer, that is not your role. And I got fired left, right, and center a dozen times because I refused to accept that. Now, that worked out for me, but it was an extremely difficult path. So the first thing I really want to put on your roadmap here is know your job. Very specifically, how to get it done. And more importantly than that, how to do it in a way that makes the person that hired you look good to their boss. And then the real trick is figuring out how to do that work in less and less time with a more and more consistent outcome. When we say media buying is dead, it's because ultimately most of those moves have no impact on the profit and loss statement of the business. But as a media buyer, for you to prove your worth and to keep your job, those things are really important. The other side of this, though, that I do want to make you understand, you're rarely ever going to get promotions and pay raises as a media buyer. If you want to earn more money, you have to find a new job, working basically your boss's gig at the shop next door. And there's another thing we can do too, and we'll get to that in a second. The, uh, the second most important thing for media buyers to really understand, if you wanna come in day one and be as good as possible, potentially this could be the most important thing, but I'm gonna put it as number two is learn Excel. Be wicked fast at spreadsheets. Data rules the day when it comes to decision-making and processing. And when we talked about looking good to your boss and making the person that hired you look good to their boss, one of the easiest ways to do that is to make sure that all actionable insight is available in a click. When you get really good at Excel, 
you can make dashboards, you can make reporting documents, you can make whatever it is that you need to provide the answers to the questions that you haven't been asked yet. That takes time. But learn how to do pivot tables. Learn how to make that data analysis second nature. And more importantly than that, not only being able to do it quickly, but understand what data analysis is actually important and which one is kind of a waste of time. And there's another big mistake that I made a few times that I just want to tell you. When you are doing a pivot table, never blend averages. Never say, well, my cost per result is all of these numbers and I put it in a pivot table, now it's this, because that's not actually the truth. Do the math if it's a cost per. Only use raw data and then make new columns to do the math for you because averaging averages is a tremendous mistake. I've easily wasted a few million dollars learning that lesson. Now, when we're talking about learning Excel, there are really three things that you need to understand. One is pivot tables. Get really good at it. And it's actually really, really easy to do. Go onto YouTube, figure it out. The second thing with pivot tables is the display of the information. Oftentimes I see reports from agencies where it's just a line. And then I say, okay, well, we did 17,000. Awesome. How did we get there? And it'll take a day or two for somebody to write me back an email to give me that answer. When you are giving an answer inside of a report or delivering information to somebody, what I highly recommend is that you have inside of your Excel spreadsheet or your Google Analytics or whatever it is that you're doing, Google Sheets or whatever, have a tab that is all of the right answers, but include how you got there in that document. That way, when somebody says, oh, we got to this, how? That answer is available. One of the most infinitely valuable things that you can bring to the table is an elimination of wasted time. Anybody can do the job of media buying because it's extraordinarily simple. It takes another level of thought process to be able to provide data that is actionable and access to answers in a quick fashion. So learn Excel. Number two in that list is when we're talking about display of information and we're talking about everything else, one of the other things that's really important here is to make things aesthetic. Numbers inside of a spreadsheet are ugly as hell. So one of the things we can do is start to dominate color coding, make things work, thick borders, non-thick borders. You don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but make a standard report that works for you. And when you make a standard report, next time you have to do one, you could literally just copy that standard report and replace the raw data. And then that report that took you two hours to do the first time takes you 10 minutes to do the second time. And you get really, really good. And you're fast. Speed to data is one of, if not the most important access to 
growth when it comes to data analysis, which is outside of creative direction, probably the most important skill that you can have as a media buyer. Some people are exceptional at creative. Some people are exceptional at data. If you're not one of those people, you're going to get passed by somebody who is. I personally favor the side of Excel because creative is great. And I think it's tremendously powerful. But if you can't tell me based on data why a decision needs to happen and where to move, then we're just working off of your opinion. And your opinion is great. And it's one of many. When it's data, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. And there's a big difference that you see me often go off online with people inside of YouTube or Twitter or Instagram where they give opinions. And they're not necessarily wrong. But the facts show the trend analysis to put their opinion into context. Data with context is infinitely more valuable. The last thing when it comes to learning Excel is a lesson I learned from one of my employees. Be the person that other people go to to get answers when it comes to Excel. If somebody says, do you know how to do this? Raise your hand and say yes, and then figure it out. Because it's not just about figuring out Excel. When you are doing Excel or spreadsheets, Google Sheets, whatever, to solve problems, you're also getting exposure to what problems need to be solved. One of the reasons that I know that most of the advice I see from experts and gurus and agencies that require you to work really hard to get a better platform result actually is a complete waste of time. It's because I had to do all of the reports to measure the impact of everybody's work. When you're exposed to all of that information because you're the one processing it, you're gonna to get to know what everybody does and why. It's basically the mailroom version of data at an ad agency. So when you understand how to do all of the equations and how to set up answers for everybody, you're gonna meet more people, you're gonna put in more reps, and ultimately you're gonna understand what data is actually really important and which data doesn't mean anything. Because believe me, when you work really, really hard at putting together a report and you present it and nobody gives a shit, over and over again, you're gonna realize that that doesn't have any value. And when you see more and more people saying, this is how you hack that thing, you're gonna understand who actually knows what they're talking about. The last thing here, if you're just starting out as a media buyer, Get a job, get a gig, get a paycheck, love it. Outside of that, get work. Freelance alongside of it. Absolutely. Undercharge, over-deliver, and stay busy. If you have more time on your calendar, you're, not, you're charging too much. Charge 100 bucks today and 200 tomorrow. I started out at 10 bucks an hour, and now I don't do media buying for clients without equity. I took time, but what was 10 bucks an hour became 15, became 20. What was 200 a month became 500. 
What was 2,000 a month became 2,500, became 3,000, four and five. When you have your entire calendar full and you want to land new clients, charge that new person more money than your cheapest client. Then you can fire your cheapest client or ask them to match it. What you're doing is you're basically raising your value per contract of what you're worth. And this isn't just about income. It's about doing the rep and getting exposure. If you're both in-house and agency, if you are both running stuff for clients and also helping people build their business, if you're doing organic and paid, if you're doing Facebook and TikTok, if you're doing growth hacking and email, you're going to ultimately learn how all of the things come together. You know, you don't need to be an expert on all of it, but you can't be an expert in any of it until you understand the impact of the work that you do. One of the biggest reasons that I call a lot of people out on their efforts to make Facebook ROAS as big as possible and why they say, well, we're going to go off of interest groups and lookalikes because they work better. Because I know having run all of the other teams, having done all of the other work, having written all of the reports for everybody else and having done enough reps in agency at Facebook marketing partners for vendors and in-house brands and clients and helped people along the way below me reach greater success, which I literally spend hours every single day helping people solve problems and making them better, which gives me the reps on a daily basis for people around the world. That exposure will give you context to your results and to your thinking. And so when these people talk about, well, this is how you make Facebook look good, this is how you make Facebook look good, I know that that's actually terrible advice for the business owner. And there's context to these decisions. Now, maybe that agency owner knows their job and they're just trying to look good to the person that hired them. Maybe they know how to do Excel, but if they were really good at it, they'd be able to prove to that business owner why their objective might not actually be the best thing for them. And then they become infinitely valuable because you are having a conversation instead of a media buyer as a marketing director, as a CMO, because you're able to now take data in and prove why uh, one and a half X row as $2,000 a day is way better than a three X row as at 500 a day. Now, intellectually, we might know that, but how do you prove it with data? And how do you prove that this ROAS on Facebook is too high or this interest group doesn't move anything on the profit and loss statement, so it's just a waste of time? That information is only ever going to come from doing the work. That exposure and confidence is only going to come from repeated failure, stress, and exposure to the reps. Do the work over and over again. And honestly, if you do that for a year or two years, it's extraordinarily unlikely that you won't be making as much or twice as much working for yourself as what any agency will pay you to do the job. The average media buyer in an agency right now is making between forty-five dollars and $60,000 a year. That's a really good living. 
probably getting benefits, etc. If you get three people to pay you $2,000, that's $70,000 a year. If you get four, maybe you get a couple at 25 or three, you're making a hundred grand. And at $100,000, you can buy your own damn insurance. So the point is, know your job, learn Excel, undercharge, overdeliver, and stay busy until you are your own boss. And work the reps. And there's no reason why anyone within a year can't be making six-figure income. With that being said, YouTube thinks that you might like some of this stuff here. And uh, go ahead and subscribe. Ring the bell. All of that stuff. Hit the announcement tab so you don't miss a single one of these things. And until next time, I'll see you on the internet. All right? Bye.